In the Bible, we see an account of a man who was unable to walk for 38 years, until one day Jesus miraculously healed him. Jesus often used healings to demonstrate that he was the Messiah. But what about the others there who weren't healed? Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer your questions submitted every other week. I'm your host, Danielle Flood. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. joined by Linda Davis. She's the volunteer prayer leader in the McGregor Women's Ministry and her life group. And on this episode, we're going to dive into some of the challenges we face in life and discuss the question, does God care that someone I love is sick? Can I start us off in prayer? Yes. Father, we thank you for your amazing love and for calling us to be your children. I thank you for Linda and how you're molding and shaping her to share your good news with others. And may we, in this conversation, bring you honor today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Linda, would you like to start us off by telling us about yourself and your family? Okay, um, about myself, I am um, a Florida native, born and raised in Fort Myers, and um, I have, well, I'm a widow now. Mm -hmm. My husband, uh, Bill, passed away on May the 13th of 22. I have two daughters, Tammy Goodwin and Chris Perkins, Tammy who works here at the church, and then I have a a stepdaughter, Jody, that lives in North Carolina. And I have been a member of McGregor Baptist Church since 1979. That's amazing. Before we were here, you know, at this location. So I love McGregor, I love my church. it's just a great place. I, the, McGregor is my home. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember when I found out that you and Tammy were related, because sometimes you run in different circles, and then you never know that people yeah. are serving in different ministries, but then yeah. they go together. Yeah, we still run into people from time to time, mm. even still now, that just now have connected that we're mother-daughter. And it's always fun. It is fun. Yeah. So... We're here today to talk about like the challenges of this broken world, illnesses that we go through ourselves, our loved ones. You and I started talking about this months ago, and I wanted to just kind of start at the beginning with your story of how you know you saw God through your struggles. Absolutely. Well, the journey with my husband um, started back pretty much um, almost at the beginning of our marriage. We were married just short of 31 years. Mm-hmm. So the second year of our marriage, he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, mm-hmm. which was a cancer of the bones. And it was a result of his um, time in serving in Vietnam mm-hmm. from Agent Orange. So he went through all the chemo treatments and then ended up having a bone marrow transplant, was not supposed to live but five years post-transplant, and he lived for like 25 years. So the Lord's hand was in that from the beginning, but that was a very hard journey through those mm. that year and a half. 
And then he was in remission and having to go, like any time you have cancer, you go to the oncologist every three months. Okay. So we went through pretty much routine, routine, routine. And then about 18 months, about 18 months ago, he was just not feeling good. And so when he went for what was supposed to be a routine treatment, they did more tests and more tests. And then he was diagnosed with um, a new cancer that ended up being a result of the first cancer. Hmm. So anyway, that began a whole series of other treatments. And so that went on for months. And so then it looked like at one point, probably nine, 10 months into that, that the treatments were working. Okay. You could tell that he was starting to feel better. So it looked like, and much prayer, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, much, much prayer had gone into all of this. And he was feeling better. He was able to um, to do things like he had, had been doing before, like he loves to go out to eat. So he had not been able to do that because he was just too sick. Right. So he had like two weeks that were good. Mm. that he was back and and his color was better and he was so encouraged Mm -hmm. and everybody was and then the very next day after the Friday after the Friday blood test that he had the very next Monday they said okay these these tests were not good and so he ended up going into the hospital and when he went into the hospital more things have happened. It was just such a rapid, a rapid, you know, um, progress of this cancer. So the other one cancer turned into a new cancer. Mm. And so within um, the diagnosis of that on a Monday, he died on a Thursday. Mm. It was just so quick. And so during all that time in the hospital where, I don't know, seemed like a hundred doctors were coming in one right after the other, all with just really, really very hard news. Like there's no cure for this. He's already been through so much. We can't do anymore. Um, then we're going to move him to intensive care. We're going to, and things just happen so fast. It, without the strength of the Lord and without prayer, I mean, I just felt like I'd been bowled over by a bulldozer and yeah. it was just such a hard time. Through all of that, the, the Lord just gave me the strength because I don't know how in the world you would go through something like that without the prayer support. So we had prayed for healing, but then we saw mm-hmm. this week, that particular week, that it was not going to happen. Yeah. And so the other part of that story that I want to tell you is when Bill and I got married back in 1991, you know, you're always supposed to make sure that the other person is a Christian. So... But when you're already, you know, in love with that person, you don't pursue that like you really should. And so he said, oh, yes, I haven't been going to church, but but I was raised Methodist. So, yes, I am. So as it turned out, after we were married, he went to church with me here for about a year. And then he said, I'm not going anymore. Mm. So then it was evident that he was not saved. So Mm. for 31 years, I prayed for him to be saved. And so the anxiety that was in my heart um, this last week of his life was the fact, okay, because, oh, and that whole particular week that we were in the hospital, I mean, I've witnessed to him a gazillion times. Mm -hmm. But I did intensively that week. Mm -hmm. And he'd always say, not ready. That's what he would tell me every time, not ready. And so he is a member of the Vietnam Brotherhood group. Mm -hmm. These are all people that served in Vietnam. And so um, there's one person that he was just really close to, which was really strange. It was the chaplain. Yeah. 
So one of the last days that he died on Thursday, so on Wednesday, while all these doctors were coming in, the chaplain called. And so Bill was just starting to talk to him, and he, he had started talking to him, but then a doctor came in that needed to talk to him. So we had to end the conversation. So I thought, oh no, because they were talking, he was, he was talking to him about, you know, um, he was talking to him from scripture about what right. it takes to be saved and everything. And so I thought, oh, they didn't get to finish that conversation. And so I didn't know anything else had happened. So when he passed away, mm -hmm. all, you know, the whole family was there, you know, everybody, when they call you and tell you sure. that it, there's only a couple hours left and so you need to come. So I don't know who called the chaplain. But right, probably 10 minutes before Bill actually breathed his last, last breath, the chaplain came in and he took a hold of Bill's hand and he says, oh, my brother, I am so glad we had that last conversation. So in my mind, I'm thinking about the incomplete conversation, mm -hmm. but he had called him back mm. when I wasn't there. The chaplain had called Bill back when I wasn't there. And he did, he did pray with him. So he said, he says, I'm convinced that Bill is with you know, is with Jesus. Yeah. And I can't tell you how that changed my whole, because all the tears that were already being shed, sure. now they're different because, you know, the sadness when you know that someone is not saved, what that does, because you know where they're going to be. Right. And so when he said that, I, you know, the whole room, my daughter, everybody go, what? We can't believe it. Yeah. So that was the assurance. And so I didn't get to be a part of that, which I always wanted to be a part right. of his salvation experience, but I didn't get to be. But that's okay. Right. Because the chaplain that was from Vietnam, I think it was that whole Vietnam connection sure. that made that so special. So that, that was just the biggest answer to prayer right there. Right. Absolutely. And so I observed you in some of these earlier months as you are faithfully serving your husband, faithfully caring for him and his health issues, um, sharing openly the challenges that you were going through, asking for prayer, praying for others, when it could have been very easy to turn um, turn inward, you know, and ask ask for people to focus on you. And I was just so touched by your passion for praying and that that season of obedience in the hard time. How how did God carry you through? Well, it has been my practice to memorize scripture mm. from from when I was young. And so it is just really so cool of God how he brings those scriptures back to your mind right when you need them. Because believe me, there were some super hard times. And um, so he would bring those scriptures. And then music. There were two songs that through all those months and then still today, mm. my, in my morning quiet time, I play those songs. And so the worship songs and scriptures coming to my mind and then, and then prayer. And then being a part of a life group that was um, a praying life group too. And they would tell me, Every Sunday, we are praying for you. And I knew when they said that, they really meant it. And I would tell them before um, Bill, well, while he was really sick, he had, um, well, he had PTSD. And so mm -hmm. those nightmares, now all the years that we've ever been married, he never had those out loud. I never heard mm -hmm. any of that. But when he was so sick, it was like I was reliving a war movie, and that always happened between two and three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm telling you, that was some of the scariest stuff that I have ever been through because it was he, it was like he was reliving being under gunfire and being, you know, jumping out of helicopters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and just all the things about war. Like I said, it's, it's like it was like I was living with a mm-hmm. war movie and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I was terrified. And so I had shared that with my life group. And so there were two or three people that said, okay, between two and three o'clock in the morning, we are praying for you. Now listen, that, that, that's people that really love you that will yeah. be up at two or three o'clock in the morning just because they know that's that super hard time. And so that's what got me through those. And it, it's, just, um, it's just amazing all the ways and all the people that God worked together during that during that hard time, mm-hmm. there, God is just so good and He's so faithful. Yeah, and He does things that you don't even you, that you don't even you can't even think of. Absolutely. Oh, I'm thinking about people in my life who are not believers. I've been praying for for years, and it feels feels like I want to give up. You know, and your testimony of those number of years, and that God let you be a testimony to Him but then also used whatever he needed to bring bring him to faith. I think that's so encouraging. And so I'm, I'm thinking about a listener today who might be in that discouraging time where they don't know. They don't know for sure that God's going to answer that prayer, but we are called to be consistent in prayer and patient in affliction. And um, you know that song, uh, Jaira, yes. that our church plays? Yes. Um, I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you are enough. Um, that is encouraging to me today. So where do you find your joy? Like everyone who knows you <laughs> knows you are a very joyful person. And I think over the years, there could have been many reasons not to be joyful. It has to come because of my relationship with the Lord, because there's been, besides this, there's been other hard times in my life. And I think maybe I can answer that by going back to when I went through a divorce from Tammy and Chris's dad. Mm. And this was when we were on the other campus at McGregor, and I was sitting in front of a counselor, and I said, this is the absolute worst thing that can happen to me because we had been high school sweethearts and then been married for you know 16 years. And so... I said, this is the worst thing that can happen to me. And he says, Linda, no. He said, the worst thing that can happen to you is to lose your relationship with Jesus. Hmm. I said, oh, really? I said, no, this is really the worst thing. And so after we, by the end of that session, I was in agreement that um, losing my relationship with Jesus. So he just encouraged me to hold on to Jesus like I never had before. Hmm. So maybe it started way back there. And... Um, so just knowing that the Lord doesn't let you go through anything that He's not going to use for His glory and your good, hmm. even though it's really hard, if, if you really believe that, which I do, then He's going to get you through through those other you know methods that I've already talked about. And so it's just, and I, I love people. Hmm. I love people. Um, and it's just, it's just, easy because the joy comes from my relationship with Jesus, which that's that's the best thing that ever happened to me. I was saved when I was nine years old mm-hmm. in Alga Baptist Church and baptized in the Caloosahatchee River. So um, it's just been my whole life to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the, as you get older, 
you you love him more, you learn more, because the only way that you can love him more is to know more of his word. Mm. And so that's where my joy comes from. And I, I just um, enjoy expressing that and helping other people through their hard times, because there's other people, you mentioned about lost loved ones, there's people in my life group that have that have adult children mm-hmm. that aren't saved. And one man told me about a month ago, he says, I've been praying for my son for 20-something years. He said, do I give up? Is it too late? No. As long as he's breathing, do not give up. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much all these things that I've gone through, I've been able to witness to the people in my life group and other people that I know mm-hmm. and, and help them because that's the whole purpose that I would hope this podcast would do, mm-hmm. that somebody that's going through some particular hard time or if they've got a lost loved one and they go, you know, is this prayer thing really working? Yes. Yes. It really does because God is faithful to His Word and He's long-suffering, not wanting any to perish. Mm-hmm. So God is faithful. Yes, absolutely. And I want to make a point here, too, because we're not saying that God promises healing on this earth. I mean, obviously, that wasn't the healing that Bill experienced. Um, And there are many with chronic diseases or challenges that um, sometimes our prayers aren't answered. You know, we can pray for healing and pray for recovery. Um, Yeah, there's... um, That's why I think this story of the man who was crippled is such an interesting testimony, like interesting that God included it in his word because Jesus told him, like, do you want to be healed? He he could have proclaimed that to everyone, but it was his purpose to use this man's testimony to his kingdom, you know, to his glory. And um, yeah, I... Our story mirrors a little bit of that where we, you know, had a healthy baby girl and she was about to be born and it went from healthy to um, not great very quickly. And so Gracie, our third daughter, uh, passed away at two days old, full term, fully healthy. You know, we were... Um, excited to meet her, but then during our birth process, um, she couldn't breathe. Um, She had the cord wrapped around her leg a couple times, and in this scenario, um, sometimes babies are fine. You know, sometimes this is a scare or a time in the NICU, you know, Many families graduate from the NICU with hope and joy and have, you know, full lives. And our daughter didn't. But we got to love her and hold her and share her, our testimony, her testimony that even in the darkest places that God is enough and that we are committed to, you know, preaching his news and living for his glory. Like it's not about this world or what we have or who we have. And I find that 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 experience has brought me much deeper in love with the Lord because of my pain and struggle. 
but also deeper in relationship with others because I can relate to a lot of the, you know, women all around the world um, who have, you know, miscarriages and loss and adults who lose their children and um, adults who lose their parents. Just that grief, the deep grief that we feel as humans here on this earth is real and needs to be talked about. It needs to be shared by our family of faith, but also it needs to be balanced with how much we love God and how much we can rely on Him to be faithful and good. And when, when we were in the depths of that, that grief, all I could say is God is still good. I don't know why, I don't know how, but I know that He is. And that's one of the things that I saw in your heart as you shared your prayer requests and as you spoke in women's ministry and said, this is hard and I'm broken and I wish things were different, but God is still good. And Absol- so- Absolutely. And I remember walking through your family and being at that funeral service, which was the saddest one I have ever been to in my life, but at the same time, a celebration. And I just admired how you and your family went through that super hard time. Yeah, it's, God is enough. He is. Yeah. He is. So how did the body of Christ support you during this time? Or, you know, what's one thing that someone did or said that really ministered to you? One thing. Well, <laughs> like, like I already said, the ones that prayed in the wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday when I would come, because the Whittemore Life Group is a large life group. Mm-hmm. And so most everybody in that class would come to me and they would talk to me every Sunday and they would say, we prayed for you. Is there anything that you need? And then they would, they would send cards and they would call and they would um, just do all those things. I felt like a million arms were wrapped around me. Mm-hmm. And so it was really strange. Um, he died on a Friday, and I was in church on Sunday because I needed to be here with my family, and everybody was saying, this is too soon. You don't need to be here. I go, oh, yes, I do. Yeah. This is exactly mm-hmm. where I need to be. And so... Um, you know, am I going to sit home on a Sunday morning and be sad in my in my house when I can be with people that I love and be with my church family and right. hear God's word to pour into me, which I really really needed. Yep. So, um, and then when he when he did pass away, you know, all the food they just they just brought all kinds of food for the family that was there. And if you're not part of a life group. You don't get all that support because if you just come and sit mm. in the congregation, who's going to know what your needs are? Mm-hmm. So life groups are just so important. But yeah, they they ministered to me through all those months, yeah, through all those months, and they were just amazing. Mm-hmm. So the body of Christ, the Lord knew what He was doing when He created the body of Christ because that's just an awesome, an awesome thing. Absolutely. In Philippians, it says, More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. My goal is to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, 
being conformed to his death. And then it continues, for it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Hold firmly to the message of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Oh, man, what would you love to say to someone who is going through something like this? Cling to Jesus. His promises are yes and amen, and his word has everything that, that you need. But particularly the Psalms, I really love the mm -hmm. Psalms because David was just so honest with every emotion that he ever went through. It's true. And he sinned greatly, but he repented greatly. Mm -hmm. But his words are just so beautiful. So the Psalms are great, but just just believe Jesus and hold on to him because there are some, like you mentioned, all those different things that people might be going through. Mm -hmm. Nobody denies that it's very hard. But you need Jesus more then than you ever, ever will do when things are going great. You know, and he's he's close to the brokenhearted. Yep. And he he's right there, closer to you when you have those deep needs. You just have to trust him and call out to him, mm -hmm. and he is there. Linda, thank you so much for sharing. I know this is still challenging for you, and life isn't you know roses just because um, you've gone through that and shared your testimony. But I do pray that you would be encouraged and that. Um, we would all continue to grow closer to Jesus through these challenges. If you're listening today, we want to know, what did you learn from Linda's story? How has God challenged you, and how will you apply what God is teaching you today? Thank you so much for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details. We'd love to hear from you. Write us a review however you're listening to this. Thanks for listening, and remember to talk truth.